Welcome and welcome to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast Update Special. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Update special or special update, however you want to call it. Uh, unfortunately, Adam is still out with no return date as of yet. Let me just turn this down real quick. Uh, yes, uh, hopefully it'll be very sooner than later, but we'll see. So I just want to shout out my uh, rock and roll brother and the humblest guy that I know on planet Earth. Mr. Adam Tate, wherever you are, I know you're listening to this update, my friend, and I'm dying for you to come back before this podcast dies. <laughs> anyway, the current plan is I uh, continue to plug along this podcast, uh, doing it solo. There's some plans uh, to also hopefully get some guest hosts with me here until uh, we can get Adam back. But in the meantime, I've been working on episode 33, more or less. I should have had something out, but I didn't. I started working on it about two weeks ago. But since this is a kind of historical rock podcast and some other history facts in there, i.e. based on dates and timelines, I just couldn't lock it down. Quite frankly, the issue has been for me, at least a few holidays and some uh, very cool personal family events that had to be planned for and attended. You know how it works. Man, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Uh, what? You don't believe me? Come on. Between that and some other stuff, time hasn't been too kind to the immense and huge, gigantic effort that it takes to produce a podcast of this magnitude. As always, I'm being completely honest. That is the absolute truth. And to quote one of our favorite rock bands, the mighty Metallica, what I just pleaded to you, what I just told you what's going on with our podcast, it is absolutely sad, but true. <laughs> and on that note, you know I can't get away from doing something. Yeah. That's Metallica's Sad But True off of uh, the Black Album. So uh, this week, Metallica announced the massive Black Album reissue. Yes, that was, uh, I would say, the top news in the rock world this week. Anyway, it's going to have artists like uh, John, uh, Elton John, uh, J Balvin, Corey Taylor, Miley Cyrus. Uh, they're all part of a 53 artist uh conglomerate that's going to be contributing to this landmark musical achievement that will be the reissue of the Metallica Black Album. I actually received a text. You know, I'm on this Metallica thing, so I, they, they text you. And I immediately forward the news to Adam. I said, hopefully spoiling it for him as a kind of passive-aggressive vengeance for him not being here with me on this podcast instead of me doing this bullshit update thing that I'm doing. Anyway, Going back to the news, according to Loudwire, the new Blacklist album, along with a remastered version of the original Black album, will both be released September the 10th of this year via Blackened Recordings. Artists from all over the world are going to be participating uh, on the remake of all these songs from the Black albums. Anything from singer-songwriters, country artists, electronica, hip-hop artists, alongside all kinds of rockers from different genres, punk, indie, metal a pop rock, you name it, world music, and many, many more, all covering songs from this beloved powerhouse metal 
landmark album, which is the Black album. So we'll see how that goes. I really don't know. I'm I'm not all that thrilled. I just thought it was pretty insane project that Metallica has. What did I say? 50, 50 something, 50 plus artists covering these songs that we all know, you know, from Enter Sandman to Sad But True, uh, Holier Than Thou, The Unforgiven, Of Wolf and Man, My Friend Misery. I love that song. Uh, Nothing Else Matters. Did I say that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. All these uh, artists are going to be covering all these great Metallica songs. Now, that just goes to show you that these artists are paying sort of a tribute, a homage to the masters of metal, the mighty Metallica. So they're coming down, they're kneeling before them, and they're going, we play all these genres, but we still owe our allegiance to Metallica. Yeah, artists like, I think I mentioned already, Elton John, Miley Cyrus, J Balvin, that's a Colombian, I believe, a reggaeton artist. Uh, also, Juanes. Uh, we played Juanes, I believe, on this uh, on this podcast. He was the one that mentioned Lars Ulrich on National Drummer Day. Actually, was you know we were doing a podcast on National Drummer Day, and we so happened to mention Lars being at the Latino uh, Grammy Awards, and Juanes was receiving this Lifetime Achievement Award, and he mentioned Metallica and how great and how influential they were in his career, which, you know, again, if you know a little bit of Latino music, you're going to know that Juanes is a really, really big name in uh, that particular world. Lars was the one who presented him with his uh, award. So, yeah, I, I believe he played uh, Seek and Destroy, if I remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If, if you're interested, you could always Google Juanes Seek and Destroy. And Juanes is J-U-A-N-E-S, Seek and Destroy. I, I'm sorry, I always get sidetracked. I have all this useless information in my head. I'm trying to get it out uh, for those interested. I'm not just a, you know, a, a one-subject connoisseur. I know a lot of shit. That amounts to nothing. You are a meathead. That too. <laughs> Also covering on this album are going to be Weezer, Darius Rucker. Anyway, you, you, you get the idea. It's going to come out September the 10th, The Blacklist, Metallica. That's some extraordinary rock news. Also, uh, while the uh, podcast was on break, it was Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to my friend Adam Tate, to the General of the Legions, Mr. Sammy Rodriguez. Also to my buddy Tim Donovan, all uh, who listen to this podcast and Make contributions. Uh, also to uh, the executive producer, Big Bubba J. Martinez, is going through some really cool things in his life. Uh, I guess not as cool as being on this podcast, but I'm sure someday he'll come groveling back, you know, because he's missing out on all this fun. Uh, also, uh, our nation enjoyed a new holiday while we've been on break. Last week it was uh, Juneteenth, as uh, we celebrate the end of slavery in the States. Speaking of ending, it's also almost the end of the LGBTQ celebration month. So that was happening as well this month. I hope that community had a great month of celebrating, educating the public, holding conferences, doing all kinds of activities, especially the parades. I, I uh, get a kick out of those parades as they, they ride atop of a uh, float made out of a gigantic penis. All dressed up in rainbow colors, enjoying the freedoms that all of us in America actually get to enjoy. So good for the LGBTQers. You know what? Since I'm basically making this shit up on the fly anyway, and I really don't have any rules, and I was just trying to give you guys an update, how about we do, uh, uh, since we were talking about LGBTQ month, 
how about we do a little history today? Uh, does does that sound cool with you guys? Are, are you guys going to run away? Are you guys going to shut her up? I hope not, because today in history, brought to you by history.com. And this is Frankie Goes to Hollywood and their mega hit, Relax. If you didn't know that already, I'm sure everybody's heard that that one song. But it's pretty funky. All right, June the 26, 2015. Today, in 2015, marked a major milestone. Let me shut that off. Uh, marked a major milestone for civil rights here in the U.S. Our Supreme Court announced its decision in the Obergefell versus Hodges case. And just by one vote, the court ruled same-sex marriage cannot be banned in the U.S. And that all same-sex marriages must be recognized nationwide, finally granting same-sex couples equal rights as uh, their heterosexual counterpart couples had enjoyed under our Constitution for years. Uh, a little background on that. I believe the gay rights struggle started sometimes in the early 70s, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. And it was a one battle after the other. There were some obscure sodomy laws in a bunch of states, and all these had been uh, worked and reviewed by the Supreme Court. And I believe there was also a milestone case against, I believe it was against Texas. What? No way. That knocked out these laws, knocked them off the books, eliminated antiquated laws. Because marriage is about love and, you know, two people trying to get together just because they love each other and they want to some way formalize that union. So if you know a little bit about the history that goes along with this, you'll understand that it's what was really pushing back on gay marriages was the bottom line. It was about money. It was about stopping the gay community, the same-sex marriage community, from being able to enjoy the same benefits that heterosexual couples enjoyed. And if you forgot, let me jog your memory. If you had to recognize a heterosexual marriages along with all the benefits that come along with that. Well, you had corporations paying for uh, insurance, uh, health cost, all these things that regular quote unquote couples enjoyed. So once the, the Supreme Court recognized marriage as marriage, it, it didn't apply just to a certain group. It applied to everybody universally here in the United States. That's why it's this huge achievement for the, uh, the gay community. And I'm, I'm positive there's some other factors or some other reasons. Uh, let's say special interest groups were opposed. Then they'll turn to the to the moral again, and I'll I'll throw air quotes on that. The moral majority that will uh, will be the ones voting against these politicians that were pro gay rights, and you know it turns into this gigantic fiasco. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to remember something. Uh, somewhere around the early 90s. And I was sitting at church one day, and we had, you know, this uh, Sunday school teacher, you know, super conservative guy, good guy, not a bad guy at all, you know, but was extremely opposed uh, to the Clinton, was it the Defense Marriage Act? Well, basically, it was the don't ask, don't tell. And it was all kinds of things floating around. And, you know, I was in the service, and they were talking about, you know, this is going to be happening within the ranks. So everybody's already forecasting all these horrible things that were going to happen. 
Anyway, long story short is, you know, they, they he goes into this whole rant in Sunday school, and I'm looking at, you know, maybe like-minded persons uh, just like him, and they're all, you know, nodding their heads north and south, you know, up and down, and they, they're, you know, they're all siding with him, and, and then I'm, you know, I'm a very opinionated person, and if you haven't figured this out by listening to this podcast for almost two years, you know, and he came to me, he says, well, you know, Tom, you have anything to say? I said, sure. I said, uh, you don't throw rocks when your house is made of glass. You know, what does that mean? That means that, uh, you know, I have uh, relatives and I have friends who happen to be homosexuals, you know, gays, lesbians, uh, and the rest. And and, uh, I served with uh, soldiers that were uh, of that uh, community. And I think it was very uncool that you at this point can go ahead and get on that high horse, jump on that, you know, on that soapbox and just, you know, spew all this kind of, hey, you know, where's where's your love for your brother on this? It took me a while, I'll be honest with you, to, to understand that. You know, I was younger and you do like everybody else, you make fun of it and, and all these horrible things that, you know, you're singling out people or you're accusing them of this or or the other, you know, these all these taboos. And then as you grow up and you mature, you know, again, I, I still I'm still working on that. You you learn that hey we're 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 all here we all have the same rights and uh you know we're all here to benefit from uh, the the laws and the rights that our uh, our country affords us so I, I it was very uncool at that point the you know the nodding of the head stopped and it was like okay you know and it was just a difference of opinion and I just had the, I had that feeling and I was like well you know my wife says to me wow. You know, that's coming from you. That's pretty awesome. And again, because I had some history. But again, we had just had an experience with one of my cousins who whom I love who's passed away. You know, may he rest in peace. That was struggling with homosexuality and the rest. So to me, it, it had come home. So in, in a ways that grows you up. Going back to this piece of history, you know, over uh, the, the time past those initial years in the 70s, uh, many states banned the same-sex marriage. While, you know, states like Vermont instituted uh, same-sex civil unions in a 2000. Plus, uh, Massachusetts became the first state to legalize same-sex marriage in 2003. So only two years before this ruling, there was already, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, progressive thinkers that were thinking along these lines. So, you know, it's it was a culture war. It's like anything else. Uh, cultures clash and... You know, sometimes positive change comes from that. Going back to the positive changes, sure, sure. Have all your gay pride celebrations and just don't stop there. Join everyone else. And and at the end of the day, we won't need any of this, you know, uh, social conditioning to be accepting. You know, it's it's I I think that the future here is going to be with our youth. My children are, are way ahead of me on this. And, and I thank them for that. You know, they helped me understand these kind of things. So uh, let's say if I were to participate on a, uh, at a, uh, a gay pride parade, I, I would definitely not be riding on the float that uh, I, was, uh, I was mentioning earlier, but I would definitely enjoy a ride on the vagina float, or I would enjoy riding on the breasts, breasts float, the, the tatas float. Absolutely. <laughs> Those were two plurals, so I would imagine there are four of them. But yeah, uh, it, it's okay to be me. I think that's an also, uh, I, I believe I, I mentioned that earlier, that's another movement. So I, I, I have to be me. I would hope when I'm, you know, on that float, I don't think uh, Wilda <laughs> may uh, be too thrilled as I'm riding on the, uh, the vagina float or something like that. She may, uh, you know, not let me be me, yanking me off, off the float. As I tell her, hey, I'm, I'm, stop! I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be supportive here. No, don't, don't pull me off the float. <laughs> 
since we've already started doing bits and pieces of this podcast, why don't, uh, why don't we just go into this quick piece in today in rock history? How's that? Settle down, class. It's this week's rockin' higher education lesson on Led Zeppelin 101 with Professor Adam Lee Tate. As you all know, the professor's out today as we play some Zeppelin and the Immigrant Song. Yes, the Immigrant Song. 1970, June the 22nd, 1970. On behalf of the Professor's University of a Rock and Roll, Led Zeppelin appeared in, I'm going to try to uh, pronounce this, appeared at Law Garden Shawl Hall in uh, Reykjavik, Iceland. And I'm just going to say that Zeppelin appeared in Iceland on the group's one and only visit to that country, uh, to Iceland, so... They only showed up once, so if, let's say, the professor were to come back, and let's say he was to give the exam on Led Zeppelin 101, he would ask you, okay, out of the four countries that Zeppelin has visited, and one of the multiple choice answers was Iceland, bam, you got it right there. For extra credit, you could also say it was suggested that Robert Plant was inspired to write the lyrics of the immigrant song during this trip. If you're familiar with The School of Rock, that great movie, Jack Black, and those kids learning about rock and roll and heavy metal and hard rock and all the great kind of rhythm and bluesy songs that uh, were featured in that movie. This was uh, the part of the movie where they jump in the van and uh, that immigrant song comes on. So I'm just going to keep moving right along with what I wanted to do as 10 minutes, and I'm already probably about 20 minutes, is uh, my section, because I don't want to exclude my section. I already did Adams. One, two, three, four. This weekend, oh yeah, kiss. of their uh, Unplugged LP and originally off of music from The Elder, A World Without Heroes. A world without heroes is like a world without sun. You can't That's uh, obviously a Gene Simmons ditty. Uh, a song not very much prominent. It was a single off of uh, Music from the Elder. I think it was the only single off of that. But anyway, today on June the 26th, 1980, New York drummer Eric Carr joined KISS and is christened The Fox. Carr made his KISS debut on stage at a one-off show at New York's Palladium Theater. The band then departed uh, for a subsequent tour of Europe and Australia, where KISS unleashes its musical magic of heavy metal glory upon the Australians, and KISS mania explodes in the land down under. 
It says here, Carr applied for KISS. No, he didn't fill out a job application like maybe you and I, regular mortals, would do. He submitted a cassette tape of KISS's current single at the time, which was Shandy, but with his vocals over the music in lieu of Paul Stanley's original vocals. It sounded great, he enthused years later. The application was put uh, by car into this really bright orange folder to make it stand out visually, which, you know, was a great idea because Jane Grodd, a KISS staffer at the time, said that she noticed the brightly colored envelope. So she picked that out to be one of the, the tapes to be reviewed from this pile. Here's a pretty cool uh, note about Carr's audition, about Eric Carr's audition. Uh, while sitting outside the room used for the audition, Carr watched the three members of KISS at the time were Ace Fraley, Gene Simmons, and of course Paul Stanley walk by and enter the room. He was one of the few people outside the band's circle of friends, family, and music business partners to see KISS without makeup. Mm. Paul, I knew right away. He told the fanzine in 1990. The others, I wasn't so sure about. <laughs> so that's a, a little bit of today in KISS history. I'm going to go ahead and forego, you know, uh, significant album and things like that. Uh, birthdays, uh, let me see real quick. I had some notes here. Uh, yeah, on uh, June the 22nd, uh, Cindy Lauper of uh, Girls Want to Have Fun fame. Everybody knows that. Time after time, a great vocalist, great singer. For those who didn't know, I'm going to go on a quick flashback of my youth. I, w I saw Peter Frampton uh, back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s in Puerto Rico. And who opened for Peter Frampton was Blue Angel. And Cindy Lauper was the lead singer of that. I didn't know that until years later that uh, there, there's some Blue Angel right there. Until years later, I, just, you know, I, I paid no attention to that. Not my type of music, obviously, but uh, this is a rock song, kind of 60s, 50s kind of feel to it. I think they were classified as a uh, new wave band. That's Cyndi Lauper. Uh, uh, distinctive vocals. Beautiful, beautiful vocals. So, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, she turns uh, uh, 68 today. Happy birthday, Cyndi Lauper. Not my normal uh, rock and roll birthdays. I'm going to jump to, did I have a third birthday? It's like a Frankenstein, what I'm just a Frankenstein podcast. I have bits and pieces of different things I was putting together for the podcasts that never happened in the past couple of weeks. And I'm almost positive that Agent X3 had uh, sent me uh, a uh, third birthday. Um, you know, let me see. Oh, that, the Lords of the G-String app. It just activated by itself. I definitely do have one. Let me see. Oh, wow. Nice job there, Agent X3. He has he has come through every once in a while. Woo, yeah. Wow, these are uh, very interesting. These are compilation page two. Black Skin Beauties. Oh, this was probably celebrating Juneteenth. Yeah. Let me see here real quick. I'm just going to... I am going to uh, peruse a couple of these real quick. And as... Uh, I do that. You could go ahead and bring up your uh, Lord of the G-Strings app, and uh, you could uh, you could write down Black Skin Beauties just like that on your Instagram, and she should be popping up without a problem at all. From now on, oh. you're going to be known as Agents 
Definitely an Agent X3 uh, production on this one. I also think that uh, this is uh, Agent X3's uh, preferred forte. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Let's not uh, let's not give them too much props here, because. God knows of next time when that uh, Lord of the G-String app pops up, uh, it won't be as uh, as exquisite and as excellent as this one right here. We're just going to look at a few real quick. and We're going to look at the top ones because this offering, this page, has 8,683 posts. I would say that the Black Skin Beauties of all shades is what it says here, by the way. Uh, has been very busy on this page. It has uh, 376,000 followers. So it's, it's, it's getting up. It's getting close to the 400,000. Uh, and it's for content submission and business inquiries. Use the link below so you can actually join uh, this this page and, and, and you know, start your business, start your maybe modeling business for uh, for all the uh, products out there that could maybe be used, uh, you know, hair products and bathing suits and all the wonderful things that the that these sisters have. Let's uh, let's go look at let me see three, six, nine, twelve. I want to say close to the 20th, you're going to see one in a kind of a mustard dress. Uh, and she is, I am Edwina. Uh, I can't pronounce that last name, but uh, I could see that she has that beautiful mustard dress. And it is just grabbing on uh, to her curves for dear life. It's just, I don't want to let her go. Uh, don't, don't drop me, Edwina. And uh, you'll, you'll see Ed, Edwina's magnificent that type of curvature apple bottom i believe that's what uh that roundness is considered i believe i believe for tonight i'm not gonna go in into any more of these pictures i'm just gonna go ahead and i'm gonna let all you uh, be the judge and even go see so he could take a quick look at him and feel that he needs to step up to agent x3 because mr agent x3 you truly are the master of big butt mm -hmm. <laughs> Woo. I'm getting exhausted and I don't even think I have maybe 30 minutes into this podcast but uh, yeah that's let me see yeah I have 27 minutes in this podcast I don't know why I'm out of breath I mean this is probably the the shortest the shortest third birthday that I've done and it is very wonderful uh photographs of these young ladies i'll tell you what this was way better and actually way classier than big booty onion which has a bad habit of appearing uh on my uh lord of the g-strings app maybe because it was the first i don't know what i do know is i, I want to start wrapping this up so but be but before i do so i i would like to do a few things so let's just go right into it It's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, Sound of the Week. Yeah, I, I think I played that just to hear my homie's voice. But for Sound of the Week, I'm, I'm, 
I am 99% sure that Mr. Adam Tate would have played this. And and just to give a quick preamble of what's going to what's going to be played here in a minute and probably everybody who subscribed to all the online magazines and uh, anything that has to do with rockdom probably already knows about this but uh Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters opened back up uh the Madison Square Garden in New York City famous venue here in the states uh everybody who's everybody has played the Madison Square Garden so for them to open up post covid they uh opened up with the Foo Fighters full house the whole deal and and uh to do so, he obviously had some surprises up his sleeve because that's, you know, that's what the Foo Fighters do. So we're going to take a quick listen here uh, to some of this, all right? I thought maybe we should do something special. That's Mr. Dave Grohl. It's a night to remember. If you didn't know. Anyway, to speed this up a little bit because it does go on for a little while, Dave basically is introducing... Uh, special guest throughout the evening. He's uh, a man of many tricks uh, and surprises. So if you haven't, so you haven't seen the video, pay attention and listen to uh, who Mr. Dave Grohl is about to introduce. Take a song with us, something we never done, and he's never played with us. So we figured, why not try this shit out in front of you? Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome our lead vocals, Dave Chappelle is going to come out and sing his song. That's right. You heard right. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle and the Foo Fighters. It was all over the rock internet. Insane. The video, if you watched it, you know that that video made you feel like you were there. And the song that they're going to tear into is... Uh, uh, Radiohead's Creep, which to be kind is not an easy song to tackle, but you know, it's absolutely a crowd favor, so check it out a little bit. Melodic, depressive, not too happy. It was perfect, at least for Dave Chappelle. Sing along. It's karaoke night at Manuelito's house. Anyway, uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Google it. Foo Fighters, Dave Chappelle. It's phenomenal. It's it's just truly without words. I I was caught completely by surprise. I immediately also send this to Adam when I saw it because I figured that you know this definitely would have been on his list for sound of the week so yeah I hope I did it some justice I hope I didn't talk too much crap over this but check it out for yourself and I'm positive you're gonna love it sound of the week wow Foo Fighters never ever disappoint by the way they have some kind of project uh 
I think they're going to sing disco. I can't wait. Didn't get tail, but you did get mail. Well, I did kind of promise that I'm going to try to work in the emails, try to stay as current as I can with the emails. F- FYI, I-, I did have a motherfuckeria of this week, but uh, I just I couldn't make it happen. It's just it just whatever I started at the beginning of this podcast turned into something else. But let me just move on to the emails. I said that I am going to try to I said to Adam, I'm going to try to keep them current. We're going to pick out a few if we can. So I did have these. I think they were important because they were referring to uh, last episode, episode number 32. If you get a chance to check it out, listen to it. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcast app, CastBox, Himalaya, all your favorite DSPs, also an RSS podcast. On our last episode, evidently, I called Aerosmith's uh, bass player, Tom Hamilton, Brad Hamilton. Uh, Okay. You'll have to excuse me for that. Sometimes I'm going 100 miles an hour, and what's in front of me, I just kind of blow off. Uh, Thank you, listener Cody. I appreciate the correction. It has been noted, so anybody else who realized that I made that mistake, my apologies. And listener Cody went on to kind of criticize me. Uh, He said, uh, I probably didn't have any clue about anything about Aerosmith. Uh, That I'm going to disagree with. And uh, Cody, my friend, you could suck a hose. Uh, Number two, and this is the last one, it's going to be referenced... Uh, the commentary on the Netflix documentary. And I think, if I remember correctly, the first one I actually went back and listened to because it was on the significant album. The second one I didn't, but I believe that's right. But uh, I I mentioned the Netflix documentary, and I want to say for Frank Beard's birthday. Anyway, it was on ZZ Top, and it was called, uh, I think I called it, it says here, uh, Little House in Texas, and that was wrong. According to listener Carolyn, it is that little old band from Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, Still, I say I may have said that I wasn't sure, and I maybe said I was in the zone because that's usually what I say when I'm not sure of things. So uh, I personally think that counts as being in the zone. Now, to address your remark that says two down and one to go. I really don't know what you meant by that, uh, listener, Carolyn, but uh, I'm going to say to you, challenge accepted, because it's going to be up to me uh, until Adam gets back to figure it out. That's right. And those are the ones that are going to get a mention tonight. Uh, Thank you. I still think that listener, Carolyn, may uh, be waiting for the demise of this podcast. Anyway, you could always write us at Tommy N. Adam Pod at gmail.com. That is Tommy, the letter N, Adam, pod, at gmail.com. And you could always see it on the podcast description below on uh, whatever platform you are listening to. So how about we wrap this sucker up? Good times, bad times. I listen to Adam's voice and I get all excited. Kind of look over uh, to my left here to see he's there, but he's not there. 
Anyway, Bad Times. Uh, bad Times brought to you today by Ultimate Classic Rock and some story by Mark uh, Keatley back on June 18th uh, titled Megadeth to remove David Ellefson's bass tracks from upcoming LP. Megadeth leader Dave Mustang has confirmed that fired bassist David Ellefson's tracks will be removed from the band's upcoming 16th album and that the new recordings would likely be laid down by his full-time replacement. You know what? Uh, I want to stand again uh, by David Ellefson. This is bullshit in my opinion and for what I read. In any way, I'm biased because he did shout out our podcast. Uh, there's a little mega death news a bit there for you. Adam, I mean, hope that you enjoyed that. You probably know it already because you're on the same sources as me, but I'm, you know, kind of pandering to you there, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Now, the good times are uh, brought to you by Loudwires. Well, Loudwires has been using it pretty much today. So published by Graham Hartman back on June 25th, actually yesterday. And the headline reads, Ringo Starr drops legal battle against Ringo penis rings. <laughs> I swear to you, I didn't make this up. <laughs> Beatles drumming legend Ringo Starr has dropped his legal battle against Screaming O Pleasure Products, who sell a line of Ring O penis rings. <laughs> I have no idea what this is all about. I just loved uh, the title, so I immediately classified it a good time. So now, you know what? That's where we're going to leave it at. Good times, bad times. Man. The update turned out to be maybe uh, almost 40 minutes. So this I'm going to probably have to put this one in as a podcast itself. Anyway, I said it before. I'll say it again. The, the true genuine star of this podcast is my friend Adam Tate. And hopefully he will be back. And that's all I have for tonight. And as always, we want to thank our legion of listeners, our fans, and whoever else subjects themselves to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Keep in mind, life is not that serious. Again, search the keywords, the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, RSS Podcasts, CastBox, and everywhere else. This podcast is on demand and streaming. Activate the notification icon to be notified when we are online. So go ahead and tell a friend or tell an enemy. In for my rock bro and the humblest guy that I know on planet Earth, Mr. Adam Tate. I am Tommy Martinez. Today is June the 26th of 2021. And you are listening to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, The Update. Remember to always play it often, play it loud, but play it! The Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast is produced by Dadakoa Promotions. Yeah! Which are the Kansas. Dadakoa Promotion. breasts what the vagina